Welcome to the Broadcasters Roundtable here on Flyers Radio 24-7. Still trying to get back to the 500 mark after the start of the NHL season. The Flyers are trying to kind of find some answers as they head out west for their first extended road trip. With our latest Broadcaster Roundtable, Tim Saunders with Steve Coates, Bill Meltzer, Jim Jackson, and Chris Terrian. Guys, Ron Hextall met with the media last week and said that I'm a patient man, but this team's got to get going. Uh, not a poor effort in Boston the other night, but the Flyers are still missing something. Uh, we'll open it up just that generically. Guys, Coatsy, what are they missing? Well, I think that this team historically over the last couple of years has done a lot of this type of uh, up and down hockey where they're good then they're bad they've had 10 game losing streaks 10 game winning streaks and they haven't got over that personality uh, I would have liked to seen a little bit more of an effort offensively as far as the forecheck in Boston I thought they didn't take advantage of the lack of defense that the Bruins had as far as injuries is concerned but I just think that the team has to be able to it, it goes back to and I know that we keep talking about and talking about this but starts Show that you're interested. I don't care if you're home or at, on the road. Go after them and, and dictate what's going to happen in the hockey game. It's come, it kind of looks like you're sitting back and you're trying to play technically sound, but in the long run, it's not working. Well, I, I think there's a very, very small difference in the NHL between winning and losing. And the two things, Coatsy mentioned the one that starts. I mean, through the first 10 games, they had – Allowed the first goal nine times. You just can't chase the game that much and be successful. And the second one, certainly of late, has been the special teams, both the power play and the penalty kill. You can't win when you're losing that battle and they're losing it significantly. Uh, I guess the question is how confident are you they can rectify either of those? The, the good start should be rectified. There's really no excuse for it. The other one, uh, you know, we have to see. It's a power play that was decent last year, same personnel. They'll get JVR back eventually. He'll help the second unit, perhaps, if he's not put on the first. The penalty kill has been a problem now for a while, and I don't see it just not getting better. I think that on, you know, on the penalty killing side of things, there were signs of improvement earlier on in terms of up ice play, you know, challenging entries at the blue line, those kind of things. I thought that went backwards again in, in, in the Boston game. I thought Boston got into them pretty easily. Uh, and the own zone, you know, they're playing their own zone, has to get better. I mean, too many – soft coverages too many guys left open in the slot too too much room and that's uh you know that's something that absolutely has to get better on the power play side of things i'm not too worried about it for the for the long haul i mean flyers started out five for 20 and you know there's always ebbs and flows sure. I, I think in the i think in the big picture you know getting getting a second unit going on a consistent basis there were some signs of that in the jersey game but i think on a consistent basis then the nights when the uh, first unit doesn't have it going, you have another unit that can pick them up, you know, then then you'll see, you know, like you won't see as many ups and downs to it. But I think I think in the long haul, the power play should be in its usual 20% plus range. And it then, has to be, yeah. Bill, because if you look at this team, so many of the players on that first power play unit, Monday we talked about this last year, they feed off what they get on the power play. And if they aren't getting those points, the rest of their game isn't quite as good. And as a result, the team as a whole struggles to score. And, and there's nothing about that that I like. The fact that they have to use the power play to get their offense going. That's not how your game is supposed to be, be planned or laid out based on the fact that you get a power play. Then you get going offensively. That's, un, that's unacceptable. 
and inexcusable, to be quite honest with you. But that's the way things are going right now. They have not scored, you said, Jimmy, I think six games now, right, on the power the play. The top, top unit, unit. The top right. unit. And the penalty kill, for me, guys, just looks like it's just too passive. It's, it, it's, it's four guys in a box. The best penalty kills I see where you watch on a nightly basis are the most aggressive ones. If you look back to the playoffs last year, I'm just using an example. I thought Pittsburgh did a great job against the Flyers because they eliminated Giroux as the passing factor. They went right to him, whether it was Brian Russ, someone else. So that, from my standpoint, has to be a more aggressive penalty kill. Power play should just be consistent, but it shouldn't have to be the motivating factor for this team to start to draw offense from. That just can't happen. If you go into games like that, you're going to be behind the eighth ball more I will temper that, though, by saying if you look around the league, the power plays right. this year are ridiculously good. Teams are being carried by their power plays. But you're right. Over the long haul of 82 games, you got to score even strength. In the right. long run, that's been their bread and butter, right, is the yep. power play. And unfortunately now, one for 17 in the last six games before the Islander game, uh, it really sticks out. The PK, oddly enough, I think there have been a couple of individuals on the PK that have been pretty effective. Scott Lawton, Yuri Laterra has been good. Um, to a lesser extent, uh, Sean Couturier, although I don't think he's off to the kind of start that we expect from Sean Couturier, he's still one of the top PK guys. Coatsy, why is it that the PK continues to be such an issue? I think it goes back to what Dave Hextall told us the other day about execution. I mean, all it takes is one person to miss a, a, an assignment and you got a problem, whether it be the top right-hand part of the box, the top left-hand part of the box, uh, the goal against Boston last night, the uh, penalty kill, where all of a sudden you've got DeBrus standing all by himself and nobody's standing there. And it, it's just those are the things that drive coaches crazy when your players don't go and do what they're not – they won't do what they're supposed to do. And the assignment gets broken and the puck's in the net. And this game is too good right now to allow that to happen. The other part of it, let's face it, is – you know, the old adage, your goaltender's got to be your best penalty killer, and I'm not sure they've gotten enough key saves to turn things around. Yeah, and I think if you look at the goaltending as a whole over the you know stretch the Flyers have had so far, I think there have been two games in there. Uh, the Florida game, which the Flyers actually won, and the uh, Columbus game where you could say you know, goaltending was probably the number one thing that, that uh, either cost them a regulation win that game or, or cost them a game as a whole. But, you know, I don't think you can give the goalies a, a, a pass on the whole because you, you need those momentum saves. You know, in the Boston game, they got some of those. So I, I'm thinking about the chance by Pasternak in the second period. That's something that, uh, you know, you need saves like that from time to time. But I think even even in some of the other games, you know, and I'll, and, and I'll look at the uh, San Jose game, for example. After it was 2 to nothing, you know, I, I don't put any of that on, on Brian Elliott. But the first two goals of that game, you know, you really could have used the save on the one that was scored through the five hole on, on a, on a counterattack. And the second one was maybe a rebound that, you know, wasn't controlled as, as well as it could have been. You know, you need, you need those, you know, you need the goalie to step up in those situations sometimes too. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's been just, I think it's been average so far. Bundy, uh, Brian Elliott's been good at times, but has he stolen any points? I don't I'm, I boy asked me to go back 10 games almost a check but he's made some saves it, again incomplete grade for me you know like it, he's made some stops at times that were brilliant you know early in the year going back to the Vegas game Colorado that were sensational gave the team a chance to win then there's other nights where he makes great saves and then a softy goes in and that kind of t for example the Boston goal the DeBrus goal going back to the penalty kill 
I, I said even on the post-game show, there has to be some onus on the goaltender. He's got to come out and either front that better. I know he tried to reach it with the paddle, and he missed it. It ended up going between the arm when he went down. But those are the goals that just can really sink your ship. You know, between the difference between one nothing and that's the 2 nothing in the game, really, really difficult. So, yes, uh, it's, hard, it's tough to be hard on goaltenders. But I do believe that he, he's, he's capable of making an extra stop, or whoever the goaltender is making an extra stop to give the team a little bit more of a chance. I, the numbers sometimes can be deceiving. and The general feeling is goals against is a team number. Save percentage is more of the goalie number. Yeah. It's pretty ugly right now, the save percentage number for the team. Right. Uh, so I think yeah, maybe 10 games, 11 games isn't enough of a sample size. But if you're going to be down in the 870 range in save percentage, you're going to have a hard time winning. Uh, it's just that simple. I think if you're, you're trying to come up with answers to, you know, what is it? Is it the penalty kill? Is it the power play? To me, I go back to the core of this hockey club, the five or six guys that I think thus far, with the ex- Giroux and Voracek are putting up points. But in general, I think the core has underperformed so far. Look at Couturier's numbers, right? Just if you, He's the one guy that had a brilliant, brilliant play last year and had a tremendous start really seeing a lot of the offense that we heard about it's back to where pre-last year numbers for Coots. And I listen, I know he does a lot of other things. We all do. I mean, he does a great job. But when you boil it down to that, um, yes, there are guys that have underperformed. Provorov's numbers are down. Ghost is down, per se. So, yeah, when you take your valuable guys that see the most ice time and their production goes down, you're going you're gonna to see your team struggling in the standings. I think the two guys, most importantly, you mentioned are Katuria and Provorov. Yeah. Uh, Provi I just not the same player right now. Uh, you know he wants it. The guy doesn't. Nobody on the team wants to win more than this guy. You know he's young. It's nothing to do with age or anything, and it's not to do with an experience because he, he he's mature beyond his years. Um, so you just have to hope that gets better. Couturier maybe you know he missed a lot of training camps, so yeah. maybe that's part of it. We hope so because you know you're talking about all the other great things he does. Well, he did all those other great things last year and was an offensive right, coordinator. Right. And so now the bar is higher for him, right? Everyone's expecting that offensive production. If you listen to our conversation, there isn't one thing that we've talked about in a positive manner, except we didn't bring it up yet, is the fact that they're good in face-offs. Despite that, right. when you look at the element of defense, offense, and goaltending, everybody's on the same page right now. We're running, this hockey club right now is running on six cylinders. It's not complete. It's not doing night after night what you need to do to be able to win at this level. You're talking about a team that uh, comes out just indifferently so many times. They've got to come out and show an interest. And it's like I just mentioned, on every level. Oh, yeah, we get spurts of good play. But the bottom line is it's a 60-minute hockey game, and it's just not happening right now. Let me ask you you two that played, Chris and and Coatsy. You're in the locker room before the game. You get yourself prepared, right? Is it up to the coach to get you rah-rah motivated to no. charge out of the locker room? Coach isn't even in there. Yeah. The I coach mean, never goes to the room. He'll come in 15 minutes before, right before warm-up, give you the starting lineup, say, come on, guys, we'll have a good opportunity in a game like this today to go get two points. He's not. You're not going to get a coach running around doing cartwheels and rolling pom-poms out. That's not his job. Your job is to prepare your team for the team coming in that night and to make sure, by, by your words, that everybody, you tell them, guys, be ready to go tonight. It's on the player to be ready to play the hockey. No game. two ways about it. All twenty, and you know what? It's 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 peer pressure too. You've got to be able to provide uh, uh, an interest. The leadership has to say, "Hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go after him. We got to be able to be physical. We've got to set the tone. 
And that's not, especially in the, in the Wells Fargo Center, we don't set a tone anymore. We make them feel comfortable. You shouldn't be feeling comfortable when you're on the road in somebody else's building, especially in Philadelphia. Which goes to my one question to all of you guys, and I think you just hit the nail on the head, Coatsy. What, and I guess it's maybe what the team's asking, what the coaching staff's wondering, the fans, and other teams. What is this team's identity? Who are they? Because you're not really sure when the game starts. They could come out and they could smoke a team based on the ability they have, or they could come out and lay a total egg. What I think that you need to aim to achieve is to be the same team every single night. And the most dangerous team that you could be is one where the other team expects you to come out and work your tail off and give it your 100% effort. What do you, got, what do you guys yeah, think? Well, is that something that I think they're struggling with? Yeah, I think, I think that says a lot. I'm sitting here trying to think of, okay, when they are going, Coach Dan, all eight cylinders, when they're, when they're going full board, what is the identity of this team? I'm not 100% sure we know yet. I agree with that. I agree with that. Personality-wise, it goes back to what Bundy just said about what is the identity of this team. Uh, do you think that a, a lot of the teams that, I don't know, anybody in the National Hockey League, thinks about the 10-minute rule coming into the Wells Fargo Center right now where you have to, well, they're going to come after you for 10 minutes, and if you can get through that 10 minutes, you're going to be all right. That's not yeah. true. Maybe, maybe the teams that aren't here very often and they're going by, by history. Yeah. But <laughs> that's just not the way it's been, as you said. I mean, the first period numbers tell a story. Yeah, nobody's had to come in here and weather the storm. No. Yeah, it's the not the 87 spectrum. I mean, it hasn't been <laughs> that for a long time, right? right. Well, it, to answer your question, though, the Flyers are at their best when they get their aggressive forecheck going. Yes. They chip pucks behind defensemen and get started that way. And we've seen at times, Nolan Patrick said it the other night, when we get going, we can dominate a game. Yeah. But Getting going seems to be the issue, and it often doesn't happen until they're trailing. And even then, how long a stretch have we seen them play like that? I mean, a period, maybe. Maybe part of a period. Maybe a period and a half in, an, in maybe the Vegas. You know, I, you know, there haven't been many games where they've put two periods together where they're playing the way you just described, Timmy. That's, they've got to find that consistency. And here I'll point to you know, a positive because you've seen it in stretches here, even in even some of these recent games, right? When the Flyers are going well, one of the things you see, and it's, it's a league-wide thing these days, defensemen pinching up on plays some support up high but the defensemen activating to make you know so you can i mean it it's creates a whole lot of things in the offensive zone travis sanheim for example has been doing that quite well lately um kind of just about the only guy who you know has been going pretty well lately in in that regard you know and uh, i mean when provorov's going well when ghost is going well that element is there i mean the flyers were right up at the top in the nhl last year in terms of offensive contributions from the back end you know, that's, that's something, the, something else the Flyers need to get going. But that's part of when the Flyers are going well, something that you see, and you're not seeing a ton of. So. Yeah, I was convinced that Ghost was going to have a great start to this season. I, I liked him through preseason. He seemed confident. You talked to him very determined. But I think what's happening now with him, he's trying to do too much, right? And that you can understand that to make up for whatever else is missing. Uh, you're right with Santa. I mean, that's the other thing, guys. Like the Scott Lawton's in Santa, we've had some guys emerge here and, and play the way we wanted them to play as young players developing uh, through the, the, the negativity of, of it all in the, the four and six start through ten games. So, you know, that's the good thing if, if, as you say, Timmy, the core players get back to their level, they're going to have a little more depth with some of these other players. Ratko Gudis has been tremendous. Yeah, he's had a very, very good start. Robert Haig has taken a step. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, there are positives amid all this, and it wouldn't take, what, two or three wins and all of a sudden – you're talking about uh, where the Flyers need to be, but they got to get it going. Is it what is the saying? It gets late early, and you know, but Yogi. <laughs> it might have been Yogi. It's late early. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, and there's always a mentality in hockey that, you know, you talk about the guys that are here. You don't talk about the guys that aren't out of the lineup. Uh, it's a next-up mentality, but let's face it, I think they do miss the new guy. The guy that returned to this team, James Van Riemsdyk, he's starting to skate, so perhaps that's a sign it won't be long. Yeah, certainly, and, and you know, JVR certainly adds an element on, on the power play, you know, uh, whether – whether it's the second unit or, or the first unit. I mean, I, I think, for example, in some recent games, Wayne Simmons looked a little bit off. You have the option of moving JVR onto the top unit if, if you need to do that. You know, and also just the element of, of size that he brings and, um, you know, the ability to score off the wing. And sometimes JVR can, you know, score from different spots on the ice too. You know, although, although his bread and butter is, you know, these days particularly getting getting around the net. I mean, Having having a guy who can get you a goal in just about any situation that's uh, you know that, that's a huge thing that the Flyers were banking on coming into this year hasn't been there um, going forward when he gets back in the lineup if you have healthy pieces around him then all of a sudden some of the offensive depth that uh, we've talked about might see and also that takes pressure off the guys like like Lindblom you know Lindblom um, he's been off to a pretty slow start this year. Um, had a great camp, I thought, and uh, even scored the first goal of the season. I thought, okay, here we go, right? Um, you know, a guy like Oscar, if you maybe slot him a little lower in the lineup, take some pressure off him, then maybe you start getting some, you know, some depth contributions, and, and the team starts to look offensively at least like what we expected coming in. One of the other guys that's not been here but is on the mend and now has been activated is Michael Neuvert, and we all know his uh, injury history, but when he is healthy, when he's at his best, he can he can be a number one. He, he definitely can be a number one. The only thing is now, I mean, is, is it past the point where he's going to be able to stay healthy for months at a time or even weeks at a time? Uh, since I was going back a couple playoffs, Jimmy, probably the Washington yeah. series, I can't remember a stretch where he's been healthy for an extended period of time. Uh that wears on your team a little bit too as a player, you know, because if you have build, start building confidence in a guy, and then you know you're waiting or thinking an injury is going to come, that can that can be a deterrent as well. So, uh, I think with Michael Neuvert, yeah, I, I, he he is unbelievable when he is on his game. Again, it just goes back to how healthy he can stay. And when you take a look at Neuvert, he's the kind of guy that well, any goalie can. We haven't had it this year where a goaltender actually stole you a game. Like last, uh, the other night in, against yeah. Boston, Halak, yeah. Halak was absolutely unbelievable. So he stole them a game when they were depleted back on the blue line. That hasn't happened yet. Neuvert is a guy, like, uh, on the one hand, when you go to places like Hershey where he won two callers, they'll tell you that he is absolutely like the king of the hill because he was that type of goaltender with the Hershey Bears and the American Hockey League. But they'll also tell you that the biggest problem is he was injury prone. He wasn't consistent. So that's always going to be hanging over his head and the Flyers' head. But if you could get him going and you could steal a game, that'll help your hockey club. I'll say that's true in that he may not last a long time, but I'm of the belief that this team, if they get a 10 to 12 game stretch of hot goaltending, the rest of the stuff, they'll, yeah. they'll feel better, and the rest of the stuff might fall in place. They they do need, I think, that game that you're talking about where all of a sudden, hey, this guy could steal this for us, and then maybe the other things, it takes the pressure off everything else. What I always believed, and, and Bundy and, and Steve can attest to this too, is that team defense and goaltending, they, they just so go hand in hand. One is either going to lift the other one up or it's going to drag it down right. You know, at some point. And you know, the, it's been to the point where sometimes one's dragging the other one down so far. I, th I think this is a fine, isn't it? 
Absolutely. This should be a fine. It's my fine, too. It's just, somebody's phone's going off. <laughs> it's going off forever. I don't know why it's not there. You know what's really amazing? It's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> this is so exciting. Yeah, like it cuts season his glory. All I right. love it. So it, it was inevitable with the struggles early on that this become a little bit negative. Let's reiterate some of the positives, because there have been some. And, and, Bill, you mentioned Travis Sanheim. I think he's showing signs that he could be the offensive defenseman that the Flyers hoped he'd become. Yeah, and, and with Travis, I mean, you know, the I think the question mark last year was was play without the puck. You know, some of his gaps sometimes being using taking advantage of his size. Really, I've been impressed with his defensive play, particularly lately. Uh, there was one play, I, you know, I thought like in the third period last night where it's something I know they've been working on him with, steering his guy to the wall and finishing his checkoff. Just, you know, a little, little thing like that. But, I mean, you know, he's been making some things happen in the offensive zone too. You know, uh, being, being a two-way kind of defenseman. And I think at some point he's always, been, he's always been a guy who could actually score some goals too from the back end. Even as a, even as a rookie with the Phantoms, he was a double-digit guy. I think you'll see that start to snap in place too as, as the rest of his game continues to develop. I'd like to see him just be a little bit more solid in the zone. You said he's working on it, Bill. I just saw a couple chances where guys have jumped by him at the blue line. And, and again, he's not a guy – I don't think he's going to be a guy who's going to get you 50, 60 points like a, a Dowdy or a Ghost, but I think he's made big strides for sure. And it's the hardest part to play is in your own zone. And, and I would be – as a young defenseman being there once too, that was the one area I had to get better at was in, in my own zone, and I think he's made strides in that department. Jimmy, we already mentioned uh, Gudis and Robert Haig when Dave Haxtell split up Gosses, Baron Provorov. Uh, Robert Haig is getting bigger minutes against better players. I think he's handled it pretty well. Pretty well. I mean, I, I think that Hack is very um, very concerned about the fact he doesn't want to overburden a young player because he's uh, the Flyers had a stretch there where they're seeing some of the best lines in hockey in back-to-back -back games, and there was Robert Haig out there. Uh, but at times he would move other defensemen up there, but for the most part it's been Haig. And I like his physicality. I think this year he's been more um, – he's pushed things offensively more. Uh, which they've wanted him to do. Uh, there have been a couple mistakes here and there, but you know all the defensemen have committed some kind of mistake or two. I, I, I still like the defense score for the Flyers eventually. I mean, like you said, Sanheim's getting there, Haig's getting there. they got to get Provorov back to, to the level he was at for any of this to matter, to be honest with you, because he's that important to the team, and, and I think that will happen. I, I, you know, there doesn't seem to be any physical problem with, with Provorov, so uh, given that, I, I have to assume he'll get back to the level he was at, and if he's at that level, this is a pretty good defense score. Yeah, and you, and you need those minutes to come from somewhere. I know Hack doesn't necessarily want to burden young players, but if uh, you know Andrew McDonald is struggling to get back to the level the Flyers need him to play, you know, you need you need those minutes. I mean, if you look at the Boston game, you had you had Provy and Ghost both playing 25 minutes, and everybody else playing about 14 to 16. That, that's not an arrangement that's going to work for the long term. If it, if it's not McDonald, the minutes have to come somewhere. Flyers also have what I consider the Swiss Army knife of this team. Scott Lawton continues to play the same game no matter what role he's put in. He does a great job, and in terms of his penalty kill, he's able to elevate now up and down the lineup. You could be one of those guys. You know, Michael Roffold kind of become that guy too a few, uh, in the, over the last few years. But 
mean, you think of a Scotty Lawton got signed back a couple years back. Uh, they picked him up for, for some more years on his contract. And you know what? He's a guy that's worked with a skating coach. I talked to him a couple weeks ago. His skating's improved. His confidence has improved. And really now he played his 200th game, I think, in, in Boston. Yeah, he did. And, and, and you know what? He looks like a guy who's played 200 NHL games now. Confident. He looks like he's starting to believe in himself. And with his speed, I, I actually think there's more upside offensively, Coatsy. I think so. I'd like to see have him have a little bit more uh, or have a couple of more gears. You can't go 100 miles an hour all the time. You got to be able to change it up a little bit, have a little change of pace. But that's he's he's re- realized his potential at this level. Younger players, and I was going to go back to talk about the Sandheims and the Hags. Thinking about all the young players of this team, when you come into the National Hockey League, you're you're going to understand and then react. But the key, understand, and another expression for reading the play, cut down on the amount of time that you're reading and understanding to react. And that's when you become a better player. Sanheim and Hager, perfect examples of still just a little bit long and making an understanding of what's going on around them and then reacting. And I think Lawton got to that point too. All right, so it isn't all negative. Obviously, it wasn't the start that the Flyers hoped that they would get to, but they have not yet hit the depths that they did last year. Let's remember that the Flyers stuck together after that 10-game losing streak and went out on the road in Western Canada and got things turned around. And that was really a point. I thought, guys, December 1st last year going out west, I didn't think that Flyers had a chance at that point of winning a game. They were so down on themselves. And you know what? You know what picked them up? Brian Elliott's good goaltending against Calgary that first game, and they got on a roll, went through Western Canada and swept it, and that's where I think their 10 games started as well. So the Flyers are about to embark on an 11-day four-game trip out west. Hopefully this will get them turned around as well. With our latest broadcaster roundtable, for Steve Coates, Bill Meltzer, Jim Jackson, Chris Terrian, I'm Tim Saunders. The preceding program is an original production of Flyers Radio 24-7. You can find this and other programs available on demand at flyersradio247.com.